The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. Bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. Where myself and Barry talk about everything going on out here in the life and the world out here in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. And these streets are cold. Coming at you every seven days. Talking about everything out here going on in this Wild, wild traffic. Man, it's wild, wild west in uh, California, especially in Sacramento. Yep, talk about stuff that not only myself and Barry feel like we need to say something about, but something that everybody needs to say something about. And before we jump into it, I just got to say something Okay. about Negroes continuing to be young boys when they are older. And I say that to say some of these old rap artists... They need to quiet their mouths and let the young artists be rappers and just say, hey, I have my time. Give respect. Help them out. Help mold. Help shape. Because when they start picking fights, sometimes it ends up to deadly um, repercussions. And what's going on here in Sacramento with this Mozzie and Seabolt thing, just unfortunately, I just got back from Chicago and there's a dead body because of Seabolt having a video shoot. And I can assure know that. It was somebody on maybe the other side. I'm not going to put it out there, but I wouldn't be surprised with all of the um, behavior and the negativity and the total ignorance and immaturity that sides have been drawn. Getting our intro in kind of deep. I'm just being honest, man. I just have to say it before we get I know, into the moment, man. What episode number we on? Oh, damn. I'm right? saying. <laughs> episode 36, baby. Episode number 36. But that's, in my, that's on my heart, man. I get that. Because I just left Chicago. And I just left Chicago. I love Chi-Town. And I just left Chicago. And I come back. First thing I see is people getting shot at a park, man. You know what I'm saying? I get it. There's a lot going on out here that we have to uh, get into and address. There's a... Before we also get into that, we have... That's my PSA. That's that's his PSA for episode 36. Hitting him with that Jerome Bettis. Barry coming off the bus. You coming off the bus. Barry coming off the bus. I had another one, but but, but Barry coming off the bus. I just felt emotional about this because you know why? I got to clean up the mess. I get that. But before we get that deep, let's introduce the other folks we got here. Oh, we got people here? We got... got, Oh, snap. We do. We got guests in the studio today. See, I don't know how to handle when they're guesting. I apologize. So we want to make sure that we give them... We acknowledge them in the building. Yeah. So we have a special episode yeah. we got some guests in the building so here with us on this special episode we got some ladies in the building who will be addressing our subject hey ladies here with us we've got passion hello that was so nerdy so <laughs> polite she was and she is not polite, so polite. Right. let's shift gears kayla what's up y'all i like that <laughs> a little bit a little bit she's she's ready she's ready d hayes Peace, kings and queens. See, look at that. Okay. Trained professionals. But now, can I get back on what I was talking about? You get it. I just want to make sure we acknowledge them. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) So, stopping the violence is one thing, but I say that Negroes got to start acting the age. And I feel like the behavior method of a lot of what goes on in the streets is is due to um, what I feel these young people see from our their older counterparts. And what was funny, I, I read somebody that said something like. The reason why a lot of these young men do not listen to some of these older guys is like they're saying and I was like I tripped off of it. But then I thought about, you know what? Shit makes some sense. Some of these younger dudes, right, that are now coming up. It's like they're looking at these older guys and they say, Nick, well, you ain't shit because you wasn't shit when you was fucking my mama and you was dogging her and you was just really making her feel like she was the lowest percent in the world. Right. And at the same particular time, I had to watch that. I had to watch you dog my mama. I had to watch my mama go through all these emotions. Now, they grown. Payback's a motherfucker, right? So you got to think that there's no respect right there. And when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. That's that's kind of right on point. Okay, so a, a very good point in how uh, the generational gap that we have with the younger men and the older men, more so our generation, a little yeah. bit to these younger ones coming up, and about how that family structure is broken Mm -hmm. about how most of that base is kind of spilled over into how our young men are acting and behaving in the streets so we have the luxury of having ladies here with us in the studio so as we address some of that that breakdown about where we have some of these gaps where we have some of these issues when it pertains to our family structure 
about men and women growing up together in the type of households that we raised, because that's what leads to the type of young men we have running around in the streets, that that fractured home life, that though a single parent household in itself does not automatically mean you're going to have a life of crime or drugs or teen pregnancies, but it definitely helps. Like if you, if you have a single parent household, if you have this type of uh, quote unquote broken home, they do kind of lend to the other. So it's not an end all be all, but they do happen. So since we have some of these ladies in the studio with us, I'd like to get some of their input on how they feel the current climate of, of uh, black men and women relationships and home life, what that's looking like to them. And if you ladies feeling feeling froggy. Man, they over there sitting there stalling, stale. Jump in. Y'all had so much so, to say before we got on the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Well, let me think. So how the current relationships between men and women yes. in the black community. No, well, in the white community. Well, just growing up, I think that um, there was something said that women aren't as submissive as other black women aren't as submissive as other races but i i think that's untrue because we have to deal with a lot of um, mixed families so with me growing up my father had uh like five baby mothers he was Um, a player from the himalaya and um they all knew how to and i'm not gonna say there wasn't issues or um, conflict, but for the most part, they knew how to get along and support my father and the kids. Um, my nephew, who is my father's godson, he had he has six baby mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as black women, we kind we have to deal with a lot more. And I'm not saying that other races don't have that uh, mixed family or mixed homes, but I think that we see it more. So we we are very submissive because we deal with a lot, um, but we are strong at at the same time. So you feel like you guys are very submissive because you deal with a lot? Well, I'm saying we accept a lot. That doesn't mean you're submissive, though. That just means that you accept a lot. And sometimes I think that with black women... It's unfortunate that you guys walk into those words of I accept a lot and think that is being submissive. That's sometimes being foolish. There's a difference between foolish and submissive. Okay, I agree. So being submissive is definitely not being foolish. So would the question be is if we're looking at where the family structure is now and if we're saying that black women deal with so much, uh, it's not, and we're saying that, well, black women are willing to accept more than maybe some other groups or maybe they accept less. I'm saying, what does this look like? So if you say if you have somebody who's got six baby mamas or somebody who's got five baby mamas, is that in itself part of the problem that we have? Like I open that up to, to all you ladies here is is how we've gotten as a culture. And of course, we always be not not superlatives, not all or nothing. But we we are at a stage now where baby mama, baby daddy is an acceptable relationship status. Man. Mm-hmm. Like, is that your girlfriend? Is that your boyfriend? Is that your fiance? Your That's husband? That's just my baby daddy. That's your baby mama, baby daddy. Like, like, what does that even mean? Does that mean y'all still together? Does that mean y'all in love? Does that mean y'all just procreated together? So is even looking at it at the base point of growing up with five baby mamas, six baby mamas, that type of environment, is that one of the problems that has gotten us where we are, ladies? Um, I absolutely think that is one of the problems. Um. For me, I grew up in a, a mixed family as well. Fortunately, my mother, her, she was never nobody's baby mama. She was their wife. So my mother has had two husbands um, and procreated in those marriages. But even still, the fact that she had an ex-husband and a new husband created issues between the children and between children and parent, new parent. So I feel like the issue is not solely that there is multiple but I think that um people don't know how to deal with moving on because he could have one baby mama and then move on to the next and that baby mama's still mad or that baby daddy is still mad or possessive and we don't we just don't know how to deal with each other I feel on a lot of relationship in a lot of relationships communication um communication skills are not good overall I think in the black community regardless of the relationship you have. So I feel like, like I said, the baby mama, baby daddy thing is an issue. Yes. But I feel like that's not the main thing. That's I think that, yeah, now. I think it's, we can't even talk to each other without it being an argument that 
doesn't move forward. Well, it has been said that black men and women, we, black people in general, are the least forgiving people on the planet when it comes to other black people. That. So we 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 let a whole lot of other stuff go from other people, mm -hmm. but when it comes to amongst ourselves, we still holding on to a beef since eighty nine. Mm -hmm. Like we, we don't even talk no more <laughs> unless we cussing each other out. Right. I feel like that stems from self hate. It's mm. easier for us to spend our money with other people that don't look like us. For Ooh. a lot of people, speak that. Um, it's easier. It's easier for us to. Um, hold grudges with someone that looks like us versus somebody else. Cause that's like, we're used to dancing and, you know, kind of entertaining other people that don't look like us versus spending time and loving on others in our community. And that's like, <clears throat> when it comes to the black family structure, uh, lack of commitment plays a big part. We're used to procreating, but not committing to that person fully. So in on. your opinion, <laughs> or you, you ladies in the, in the building's opinion, do you think that the lack of commitment in the sense of being able to have a baby and walk away versus having a baby with someone and not requiring them to stay. Do you think that more of that is come from which side do you think that that's more heavy? Like where the accepted side is, is it an issue of we got all these brothers who just have babies and just bounce? Or is it because we have a generation of sisters who are willing to say, I can raise a baby by myself so I don't need you? I would say it's a combination of both. What you saying, Kayla? I think it's that um, men feel like she don't need me, so I'm not going to be there. Even if she didn't say she don't need me, they may feel through actions or through what they saw growing up that the woman or they may have come from a single mother home. So their, they, their feeling is that, well, I came out OK, so my children don't necessarily need me to commit to their mother in order to come out okay so i feel like like i said well i feel like it, it stems from further back but currently i think it's just the combination of like i said men feeling like their children don't necessarily need them and the woman is so strong quote unquote that he doesn't need to be in the home he doesn't need to see the children because she got it beyonce said y'all don't need a man all you say the ladies, all you say the ladies, all you say, come on, put your hands up, uh, uh, oh, it's called brainwashing one on one, yeah. Well, <clears throat> and don't I, say that silly shit about submissive, no, and foolishness. No. Well, I mean, in a sense, it is submissive because it's not. Well, it's it's they're looking at the man as the authority figure, and he may go and have a baby with you and create this home and family. It's called brokenness, and then. But is it because back in our homeland, the men had multiple families and it was okay. And why isn't it okay in America? Because it's a European. It's against the law. Why is it against the law? I got to move to Utah? Well, <laughs> I, I, I really think that if our community came together and had some type of structure um, about this whole thing, because maybe our men can't be with just one woman. I'm sorry. I do not agree with that. I'm so tired of hearing that. You can commit to one person if you choose to. I've always believed and I've always understood that love is a choice and you can choose through love to commit to that one person just because that's how they did it back in the 70s and well, or what 60s even or even prior. Africa. Even prior. Is it in our DNA? Is it but in but DNA? I don't even know if that's true though because I know lots of Africans. Ooh. I know lots of Nigerian people from like the country of Nigeria who have one husband, one wife. And I do also know who do have multiple wives, but it's by choice. So I'm saying that it is not human nature of black men to not commit to one person. And I feel like that's an excuse that they use to be hoes. And I don't I don't rock with that. I disagree. But <laughs> that's a whole different subject altogether. I think that in the bottom line with a lot of women, I think that when we look at what we see and what we visualize, we don't see the images that we need to see, okay. right? And when we look at the structure of TV, what are the most things that we see on TV and who is um, structured and who builds a foundation? What are those people? Who's structured and who builds the foundation yes. within the, the family? Yes. The woman. But what color is that woman? White. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what you see is mostly white families, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see the man, the women, and even in the same sense, let's even go deeper into it, we look at white love. Like some of us, the first relationships we probably saw was white people being in love compared to um, seeing 
more a broken image with the Evans family and good times, right? Yeah. It was a struggle. So when you go back and let's look at some of the movies some of us were raised off of, 16, um, what is it, 16 Candles, okay. right? You, you saw what? White Love. Um, St. Elmo's Fire. You saw what? White Love. In all the mother little teeny bopper movies, you never even saw a lot of black images. And when you saw black images, it was always broken. When mm-hmm. you saw Foxy Brown, it was always she was running from some pimp or some gangster so or something like that. Had to be it was always some kind of dysfunction. So dysfunction operated from a visual point in media. Mm-hmm. So it also creates what you see right now. Mm-hmm. And then with all the systematic things that come to play. You got to remember, like, the welfare situation was oh, crucial. Yeah. crucial. The drug epidemic was crucial. And then you have the abuse that women were taking from men. After a while, it was like, get out of my house, Negro. I will no longer take this abuse. So with black men and black women, we are at this particular point that right now we have fallen so out of love because we've mm-hmm. had no structure or foundation to kind of keep us glued together. Mm-hmm. There's no longer relationships that we can take and say, my mom, my dad was married for 16 years, for 20 years, for 50 years to 60 years. It's just them situationships now. Situationships. So I would look at, so still sticking with that, if you look at how most of the stuff we learn is through the European prism of whatever love is, whatever success is, whatever. What like, love got to do? Got to do with it, and so, even that. Well, well, well. Stick Tina with, got beat up by Ike. Well, I'm saying. So if you stick with that, and <laughs> you just look at, right. that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing we with had you. Had a whole so, bunch of women. So I'm saying, if we developed our our blueprint for life through that type of prism, I wonder how often. And I pose the question, y'all: Do we check back to see if we are what we're watching? So like, so we talk about. So they just had a big fight this weekend. So they had the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather. And they made a big deal about it because it was a boxer fighting an MMA fighter. And though it's both considered fighting, these are two completely structurally different forms of discipline, training, everything. How much of black relationships, men and women, is it though relationship is the commonality, but the disciplines and the structures are different? What are black men growing up looking that a relationship is looking like versus what are black women looking at what a relationship is looking like? So by the time we get adults and get together, we don't even have the same fundamental blueprint mm-hmm. of what our relationship is supposed to look like. That's what we were talking a little bit before about, you know, how our young girls are raised versus how our young men are raised versus other cultures. So what are any of you women's input on how you think we structurally see what a relationship is supposed to look like? And do you think there are any fundamental differences? Somebody speak and say something clearly. Who's ready? Destiny. I'd say in the black family structure, we raise our black boys to um, grow up and get a job. Mm-hmm. Not a lot are told, you know, talks about opening their own businesses. It's grow up, get a job, work for someone, get a good job. Women, um, I'm trying to think grow as a whole. A it's kind of the same thing, grow up and but get a job. But as relationships go. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. Well, as far as relationships... Um, I don't think that so if 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 mostly we're saying that we have a lot of single parent homes and women are raising these men, mm-hmm. um, they're probably not teaching them how to treat a woman or they may be t- telling them about their frustrations that they're having with men or showing them some type of way. But I don't I think it would be hard for a woman to teach a man how to or a young man how to treat a woman and what to do when there isn't a man in a household or when she's having some type of resentment for towards men. Um, and I can speak for myself as a child growing up, my same situation. My mother had a lot of resentment for my, my father, but when he came home, everything was all good because she was happy. Um, I just don't think that we really focus enough on, uh, relationships with the young, how to, uh, how to treat, how a marriage is supposed to be, and in the hood, um, we don't talk about that. Maybe in other affluent neighborhoods, they may be able to see the image of a two-parent household or how it's supposed to work. But in the hood, I don't think they really talk about that. I think they they leave it up to the children to make the decision of how they're going to do it, and and the, most of the time, it's just a cycle that they just. Watch so you blaming them. it on the hood? 
Um, I think a, I think a lot has it has because to do I don't with. believe that because I think that again we're putting us in a stereotypical kind of frame. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of broken families that are not in the hood. I think typically in relationships there is a lot more of stuff going outside of the hood than in the hood, right? Mm-hmm. In particular, we want to always focus on like the hood this, the hood that. But in the same framework, I look at it on the outskirts of what about those people. Those families that are working, that have good paying jobs, that still can't get themselves together. I met a girl in Chicago, young, pretty girl, about 32 years old. And this girl had, from what she said in her resume, had it going on. And you know what she's doing? She's doing online dating on something like Fishnet or some shit like that. And I'm like, damn, right? Come from the suburbs mm-hmm. to a uh, parent home, not hood at all. And I'm just thinking like, so what's going on with you? She's like, well, I'm trying to get myself together. So whatever comes my way, I'll be prepared for it. So I think it's a lot more deeper than just basic in the Did hood. Did she mm-hmm. grow up in, in a two-parent? I said two-parent home. She grew up in it. Father was thorough and had granddaddy too. And granddaddy had grandma. So she's seen... So she's been to college and she's, she's been seen around. It all, exactly. And so she's having a problem finding someone. Yeah, she's having okay, issues. Okay, so that might be something just. A- I was trying to help her with that problem, but you know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I can kind of uh, identify with her uh, in my past life, but so pretty much, I think what I've based off of uh, like, you know, surveys and things that people do, like the dating sites and all those type of things, it's actually been shown that, is she a black woman, by the way? Yes. Okay, that black women. Well, yeah, how else she gonna be? <laughs> you never know. Go ahead. That, um, that black women are like the least likely to match on those different types of um, dating sites, which means they're the least desirable. Because so I, most of the time, when you get a man that's doing well and and having it going on, he is probably looking for someone that's not black. That's maybe why these women are having problems. Well, I mean, I think it has to do with the fact that, like, around the world, like the whole earth, for the mm-hmm. most part, blackness is a negative thing. Right. And it is always seen as, like, bad or uh, stay away from it or negative. And <clears throat> in America, what I've noticed is that a lot of black men um, who... Well, it's kind of a saying. I I don't have any statistics to back it necessarily, but what I've seen, especially in like you know the NFL, the NBA, those are ways to get money. It is a way to get money, and like those men or even senators, they just generally have like a white woman, and maybe that's because what I've been told is that they want to be taken seriously, so that's why they make sure that their wife is acceptable. So, like, the fact that Obama had a black wife and made it that far is, like, an anomaly for some people because what they see happen is when the man who's a black man makes it, he generally goes looking for the white woman that he can have on his arm, you know, to show off and stuff. And, like I said, I don't necessarily think that that applies to all. However, it's a a thing that I've – a trend that I've noticed in – you think that that trend is more more based around what we say, quote unquote, successful men, or do you think that that's just a trend? That's a pattern of behavior of you just say black men. Uh, I would say that successful black men have a tendency to find themselves with non-black women. Yeah, as and it, it could be a survival, subconsciously survival, or it could be that they feel like they've been, you know, that they've been brainwashed to believe that that's what they're supposed to do. And like what uh, Barry was saying earlier, I do believe that black people in general, have been conditioned to believe that blackness is negative. So there is a lot of self-hate in our community, which we've noticed around the colorism thing, which we've noticed around the lack of strong black families in the community um, in general. You know, so I think that we have been brainwashed for a few hundred years and (laughs) we need to um, work together to combat that and reverse that. Okay, so... Do you still hold the same, and you other ladies and chimes, do you have that same belief when we refer to black women with non-black men? Because there's a there's an, an automatic go-to that as soon as a brother gets a little bit of money, the first thing he does is move to the suburbs and get a white girl. 
But that same mentality is not typically applied to successful black women. When they get a, a non-black man, it usually the fault falls back on the man. Well, because there was no black men on her level. There was no black men who could who could step up to where she was at. She couldn't find a black man that was equally yoked. Like if a black man has a non-black woman, it's his fault. And if a black woman has to get a non-black man, it's also his fault. <laughs> so do you all still do you still subscribe to the same notion that if a black woman who gets sued successful ends up with a non-black man, that it is rooted in self-hate and all those other things? Or do you think it's another factor? Um, I do not think it's self-hate for the most part, because what I've noticed is that as a successful black woman myself, um, it's very difficult to date. And I love black men. Fortunately, I have a strong black man right now. But for a good five years, I could not find or I could not be found by black men who wanted to date me. And it's not that I wasn't available. It was that they wasn't trying to, you know, be with me necessarily. So so I feel like what when I see a black man with a white woman, I'm generally like, oh, he hate himself his mama and all the black women in his life. Not going to okay, lie. So however, <laughs> however, when I see a black woman with a white man, for the most part, it doesn't bother me as much, but I don't say, Oh, she hates her dad and all the men in her life. What I see is that, well, she, she probably tried for years because you know to find a black man. That's what I was gonna, you she know probably tried for years for and then find as a black, black woman. You know, there's so many of us that are single out here that want a man, that want a relationship. I have so many friends that want a a, 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 a marriage, and they look at me like, oh, I wish I was married. I'm, you know. So when you see a black man under those circumstances go out and still be with a white woman, it's like, come on. Come on, brother. You know that because they're, they're so desirable by all. Okay, That's well, where well, it comes well from. Let, let, let's put some of this in perspective, though, so we get away from these general <laughs> terms and phrases that we throw out there. So, part of it is is that uh, a lot of the, first clear up some of the misnomers because you'll see yourself like seventy percent of black children in America are born out of right. wedlock. We that doesn't not. mean, but that doesn't mean that they're born uh, alone mm-hmm. because we have a. To, uh, uh, problem is not even a problem but we just to do something culturally we can be together 40 years and never right, get married right, right. so <laughs> and that's why i was saying we don't we're not really raised so when you get married you get you know yeah. we just know that you know we find our we find our, our mate and we make it work whatever way we can well, yes i just want to make sure we preface a few things first because okay, so a lot of people think that they're like oh, all these black babies are born out of wedlock oh, typically what can happen is is that two people can get together you can have three kids and after three kids take a trip to the courthouse all three kids were born out of wedlock mm-hmm. but y'all stay together for 30 years mm-hmm. so because uh, a lot of times when we talk about we we'll use the word single parent single is a relationship Not status married. yes so it doesn't necessarily mean there's not a co-parenting situation mm-hmm. so some people get that 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 switched up. They think, oh, single mother means she's a sole provider, mm-hmm. no male influence, no nothing. No. So we have a high single uh, single household, but there's still involvement between both parents. Right. Most black people have a two-parent involvement, right. though, even if they're not married. That's right. Uh, when it comes to the interracial side of the game, uh, statistically, black men are most likely out of any demographic in America to date interracially. Now, that being said, the bulk of black men who marry, marry black women. So when you go the wide range of all black men who ever get married, most of them have black wives. Mm -hmm. It's just a small percentage, but that small percentage is greater than the other small percentages of other ethnicities. Mm -hmm. So most Latino men marry Latino women. You know, most white men marry white women. Most, Mm -hmm. most everybody stays with, with themselves, but just if anybody's breaking team, black (laughs) men are, are are the larger number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what happens, what gets highlighted are successful black men. You see an NBA yeah. player, you see a, 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 actor. a, a actor, whomever, and you see them. And when their wife comes up, we're just going to say non-black because she doesn't necessarily have to be white, right. but she's just not black. And so what I look at some of that is, is the reason why you become successful if you're black is usually the way in which you got there is important to look at. So I wonder how much thought goes into you, like since I got three three sisters in the room with me, how much thought goes into the road he took to be successful? Meaning that if you find a an NFL player and then all of a sudden you see his white wife, but then you find out he plays for Buffalo and he went to school at Stanford. Okay, the path that he took to get there, he was probably immersed around white women his entire time since he was in high school. 
So the likelihood that he ended up with one is probably much greater than if he stayed at the high school he started at. You know what I mean? Like maybe he went to high school in Mississippi, but then he went to school in Iowa. You know, he went to replay football for Kansas mm-hmm. and then he ends up playing for Cleveland. Well, everywhere he's at he's- is a lot of non-black women. So how much of that thought process goes into when y'all see a successful mm-hmm. black man, how he got there? Like Bueller, anyone? <laughs> Anyone? This dialogue just reminds me of Kanye West's Gold Digger song. Don't yeah. quote me, but I believe he said, once you get on, leave your ass for a white girl. To me, it's almost okay. It's like they know they, they can't make it to the next level unless, unless they're with someone that doesn't look like themselves. And to me, that's self-hate. I do hear what you're saying about the statistics and everything else, but I just think it's a little bit different. And me, I was married to a white man for 10 years. My son is biracial. Um, I was young when I met him. I didn't really think about the whole interracial dating and anything like that but now that i'm older and looking back um i just see things differently but i feel like i never gave up my blackness just because i was with a white man okay so so stick with that so had you stayed with him Uh say if you were still married to this day would that mean that you didn't love yourself or love your father because you found a white man at whatever point in life you were and you you liked him for whatever reason y'all liked each other y'all vibed enough to get married and have a family (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But you had enough to get better. But, but if yeah. you stayed together, mm-hmm. because what another thing is when you see a lot of these guys with 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 white women or mm-hmm. non-black women, the presumption is as soon as they got on, they got one. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. go back to a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys have had because a big example, dude, uh, Mike Coulter, dude plays Luke Cage. I mean, have you ever seen that show? Yeah. Big old. It, it was disappointing to know that he was with a white woman. But he's been with her for 15 years. I know. Yeah. And as soon as he, they showed a picture of him and his wife, blonde hair, white girl, they, they, uh, the funniest thing, because it was a TV <laughs> show, Wendy Williams show, they show a picture of him. All the sisters in the room. Ah! Ah! Then they showed a picture of him with his wife, and it was. <laughs> it's almost like a slap in the face. Everybody's sucking their teeth in the front row. Mm-hmm. And everybody had an attitude. But he'd been with his wife for 15 years, long before anybody ever knew who he was. True. I mean, that's all and well. Um, I think, like I said, where it comes from is I have never in my life seen black women like dog black men in mixed company. I was saying this earlier, in mixed company, meaning not around other black people. So if we're going to dog you, we're going to keep it in-house. That's but true. what I've seen, I've seen so many Black men feel so comfortable with just going on social media, on interviews, dogging black women. So I feel like that's where a lot of the animosity comes from when we see that. Because if they wasn't, you know, talking about, oh, well, we don't, we're not with black women because of black women are this, black women are this, black women are this. I feel like the the negativity around that wouldn't exist as much, you know, well, honestly. J- just to clarify that a little bit. Black women take to the internet on the regular bad mouth in black men. So if you Tyler Perry made a career out of it, oh my gosh! But I so the fact is, if you think that that doesn't exist, that just, I'm not saying it doesn't. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, just, just clarifying. There is a full fledged campaign of black women bad mouthing black men. There, I, that is that that is very real. I say they bad mouth them, but they're still with them. You know what I mean? It's not like they're bad mouthing them and saying I hate them and I'm not going to be with them. They're still with them, dealing with the struggle, dealing with the issues, and just talking about. Everything yeah, but if I beat you and cheat on you, but don't leave you, does that make it all right? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, so it, the the fact that you stay with somebody that you can bad mouth, belittle, insult, or whatever, just because you technically don't leave them. But you would you don't think leaving would be enough that. instead of leaving them, then bashing them in the ground, so everyone knows why you left them. Right. You know, as opposed to bashing them and staying with them. Doesn't make sense on either side of it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. Let me get up in here and say what I need to say. Yes. The problem that we really do have is we don't know how to let go. And I think honestly, we don't even know how to be friends. It's getting to that point. People looked at me like I was a weirdo that I had a good relationship with my daughter's mom. They looked at me like I had had girlfriends that were scared and frustrated and left me because of our relationship because they thought I was still knocking down the panties. And I said, no, (laughs) I have to have a good relationship with her because one, she's my daughter's mom. Mm -hmm. Two, because she's my daughter's mom. Three, because she's my daughter's mom. She ain't going nowhere. And she ain't going nowhere, (laughs) right? Bottom line. So I felt that I was like 
a, 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 a guy out of a capsule that was like, yo, here I am being the only person that had this good relationship. And I'm not saying that we didn't have our infighting, but people, and this is the funny part about black women and black men, they looked at it as being odd instead of embracing it and saying that's awesome that you could have a great relationship with your daughter's mom. You guys can still function as a family without you guys fucking each other. Well, you also got to remember, too, as, uh, as a people in America, not not going all the way back to the motherland, but black Americans, we define our lives, our tributes, our, we, we, we define ourselves by our struggle. We don't define ourselves by our successes. And that's sad. So if our base point for everything is how much we went through something. Yes. Of, of how much pain we suffered, about how much struggle we was involved with, about yes. all that's our base point. So if your base point isn't rooted in affection, admiration, love, appreciation, your your base point is rooted in how much BS I can I took from you and didn't leave you. How many outside kids you brought home, how much lying and cheating you was doing, that shows you I love you. Don't forget about the diseases. All that stuff. Bring home a STD or a KID. And if the fact that they didn't cut you or oh. leave you... Did that all the Or that's supposed to some way show a degree of love as opposed to saying, look at all the love we've shared, the, yeah. the appreciation we have. Is we're gonna base our love off of I could have killed you in your sleep, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I think our base point for how we view each other is is so off. And we were talking, you know, about how, you know, when somebody goes out and finds somebody outside of our culture, is that um Part of that is there's a phrase I've known a lot of brothers said all the time when they had non-black women. They said it's not supposed to be this hard. Hmm. And, and the mentality of why they had didn't pick black women or didn't or tried and, and more or less, I guess you say, gave up okay. is because we are a people who are so emotionally scarred, have such a bad blueprint on a lot of levels of what relationships and coming together and all that stuff is based off of. We are you get two hurt people together. And if you're not willing to address the hurt that you're feeling, mm -hmm. transgenerational scarring, all this uh, PTSD and emotional issues and all that stuff. If a the problem that I think we have, too, is that when you get with somebody, the relationship that you it's not relating to them, they gonna teach you about you. And if you've got all these underlying layers about you that you're not willing to address, all that's going to come out in the mate you choose. And the more familiar trait, if you take two hurt people and I'm bringing out the hurt. In you and you bringing out the hurt in me, uh, I'm going to find somebody that doesn't share that pain because mm. if, if both of us are hurting, it's going to be a, a very hostile hurting environment. If cool. one person has that pain, but the other one doesn't, then it's my pain is being exposed gradually and I don't have to deal with the pain that's coming out of you. Mm. You can be there to console the pain that's coming out of me. So those relationships may be a little more peaceful. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're better or that the they're deeper, because they but they're peaceful. They're but I'm saying, but but that is an actual, but but there's some realness to that that doesn't have to do with he now makes six figures or seven figures, so he ran out and found a white girl. It may simply be because that white girl doesn't have the same. Doesn't mean that she don't come with baggage or emotional issues, but the same degree of trauma. So it may be an easier get through. And also there's something that's that's I think well, I'll address it to y'all see how you feel is that when it comes to uh, if a black woman gets a, a non black man or, or vice versa. It, it's the fact is that that other race gets the benefit of the doubt. So if you if you're a black woman and you date a black man, that black man reminds you of your brother, your daddy, your uncle, your cousins, all the people who look like people, you know. So I know how you are. My brothers were just like that. Are oh, you just like my daddy? He used to say the exact same stuff. If you get you a non-black man, that's not the case. He is whoever he says he is and who he proves to be. Same with a black man. If you get a black woman, she sounds like my mom. My sisters used to pull the same mess. My cousins used to do all that. You get you a non-black woman. It's Maria is Maria until Maria proves to be otherwise. You know what I'm saying? So what thought do y'all give to any of that aside from just this self-hate day or just because the dude got some paper he had to bounce? Bueller, anyone? Anyone? Wow. Crickets. <laughs> okay, no. God. Okay, so like. I talked a lot on our pre show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, so like, <laughs> I'm, I actually never thought of it like that. Um, and I feel like that 
is a very valid getting educated today. That's very valid that two pain two people in pain can't rock with each other um if you don't deal with it. So yeah. that's my thing. Um my boyfriend and I both have pain in our past, but we choose to get the help we need individually yeah. and work through it together. Okay. Okay, so like the back to what I said, the communication thing I feel like is an issue because you can have pain. Like everybody goes through things. It's earth. (laughs) Everyone goes through things. Um, I just think that the desire to choose to love that person and recognize (laughs) I have these problems. Maybe I should get help therapy. I'm totally for it. And that's like a stigma in the black community. Yeah. I went through therapy for a good three years and it made me a better person in all honesty. And it made my communication skills much better. And it made, my relationships with others much better. So I totally feel like I get that two painful pe- two people who are experiencing PTSD or experiencing pain. If you don't get it checked, you know, you cannot be successful. You will give up and you will go find someone who has not experienced those things you have experienced or to the magnitude you have experienced it because it is easier yeah. to not have to deal with that pain on a regular basis because why you just suppress it because that person doesn't have that same pain. So you're not reminded of those things. So I guess my, my, my piece is that maybe we need to go to like some group therapy. <laughs> As some people, we need to see we need to see that therapy is like a thing that you need in order to get over this PTSD that most of us, whether we want to believe it or not, experience. To it. Right. Any, any of y'all have y'all, how y'all feel about that? D. Hayes? I've never heard it stated the way that you stated it, mm-hmm. so thank you for giving us a different perspective on that. <laughs> the therapist. I an applause, Barry. Uh, yeah, I've just never heard of it said like that. Um, and it makes sense if I'm hurting. I'm not going to soothe your hurt if I'm hurting. You know what I mean? No. Um, I'm just trying to think back to my relationship with white man. And you're saying, you're saying that when like a black man's with a black woman and they say something that reminds me of their brother or sister's cousin, whatever. Yeah. And I'm trying to think when I was with a white man, how that used to go with arguments and stuff. And for yeah. me, even though I wasn't a slave and my grandparents weren't slaves, but when it came to that and that superiority, I used to bring it back to, you're not my master. You know what I mean? Mentally, yeah. not even, not on purpose, but subconsciously, that's what I used to go back to. So I felt like I rebelled in certain ways because I didn't want to submit to a white man. So, that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. That was deep. deep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, Jermaine. Thank you for giving us another perspective. But I think it's BS. I don't think that. <laughs> I, I don't think that a black. I mean, in a sense, uh, he may feel like, but it's a cop out. It, it's to me, it's a mm-hmm. cop out. If you're saying that. Oh, a black man gets with a white woman because he gives he is they're not two negatives together or whatever <laughs> the case you want to say. And he makes her he she makes him feel better and that to me that's a cop out. It's easier. It, and, it, and 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 it goes back to why we're so angry about it because okay. it's cop out. Okay, so is it what she wants to say something first? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say I think the anger does have to do with mental health issues and we do have to acknowledge that in the black community. We don't address mental health issues. We don't believe in counseling. We don't believe in, you know, meditation, yoga. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying so if if that's the case where if it's for black men, it's a cop out. Is it just as much a cop out for black women who want to be with somebody who it's a less traumatic experience or a less volatile environment? Because Mm -hmm. it can't be a cop out for men to want to be with somebody who's not black because it doesn't resonate the same degree of pain and it not be a cop out for women who do the exact same thing. I don't really believe I don't honestly believe that men think of it that deep all the time. I think there are certain men that may get it and you have probably sat there and analyzed and kind of talked to yourself and reflected. I don't think most men see it like that. Not even most. We're just talking for those it applies to applies to what certain black men. I look at it as when I look at certain black men and they go downgrade to another race and I've dated other races, right? I used to be the king of swing with my white. Yeah, yeah, you're so I look at them and I used to be in my boys. We used to run and we used to try to get the, the best of the best if it's another culture, because 
we looked at some of the girls when we were coming up, some of the black girls, they weren't as hot as the others, right? It yeah. wasn't about hair. It was Why? just about it did just the their they just didn't they just didn't yeah. blossom into their womanhood as some of the white girls did. Now, going into what I'm looking at, we were trying to get the best of the best, nothing that imitated or replicated what we were from, from the streets or from the hood, from broken homes, from no money. We're trying to get fly, super duper rich. Yeah. Now, what I'm watching is black men are downgrading to get the lower bottom of the white woman, the lower bottom of the Asian, lower bottom of, of the Latino, whatever. The, the ball players are, of course, getting the top of the kitty litter. Some of them, not all. But what I'm saying is not every black guy, I don't think, looks at it and sees it that deep. I look at it and think that they look at some of these other women, in particular from outside of their race, they see it as not being as hard and as difficult to deal with. And in that particular point, I'm saying black men would rather deal with someone that they can actually get over on a lot more that don't know some of their characteristics and don't know some of their traits where black women know a lot of black men's characteristics and traits so they can see a lot of shit coming yeah. before it comes so i feel like that is some of the presence of what why we go to other cultures because we see it like eh, we're gonna be able to not saying that these other cultures don't have attitudes not saying that they don't have some pushback as well but when a black man and a black woman get together, there's something that we know about each other. It doesn't matter from the burbs or from the hood. And then when you go deal with these other cultures, you're starting to learn each other's cultures and ways and mechanisms. And sometimes some people will just accept. Other people will kind of say, eh, I don't want that. It's a give and take kind of thing where it's more even kill with a black man and woman. So when you're going and dating outside your race, you're kind of just just getting away. It's an escape route. So I really do think that some of it is cowardliness from both sides, uh, from the black woman side. I understand because in a perspective, let's look at Serena Williams. Serena Williams has probably gotten dogged by some of these big A celebrity black men that was supposed to be, whether they were conscious or supposed to be all into her and she couldn't get married. But when there was a white guy that kind of saw her for being Serena, not the tennis player, but Serena, I think she just kind of fell in love with that. It's like, you're not looking at me as Serena, the big booty tennis player. You're looking at me as Serena, the woman. And that's why I believe a lot of black women turn to the other sides and other cultures because we look at some of our black women as objects. Ooh, she got a big ass. Ooh, she got tits. Oh, my, and them lips. Damn, she looks like Beyonce. Instead of looking at it like, oh, damn, she looks like Veronica and is Veronica. You know what I'm talking about? Who is she in the inside, not what she's bringing to the table? And I think that what limits us more comparing to how it limits a black woman. Come on. Man. Okay, well. That's real shit, huh? Mm -hmm. Didn't think I had it in me, huh? Yeah. Hey, I didn't like that. Ass. <laughs> Made you smile. I was like, okay. Had to wake up a little bit. Now, that was you just said. I, for a percentage, I agree with you. There's no, I have no issue in that in any way, shape, or form with that part there. So, where do we put the part that that doesn't apply to? Because when I was talking about the ones who avoid to do it to avoid pain, that is a percentage. That is not all of them. Yeah. To the same as there is a percentage of black men that, as soon as they get a check, that that's their their viewpoint of success is a blonde haired, blue eyed white girl. There are some. There's a percentage. There are a percentage of black women who think they come up by getting a non-black man. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I think so, it's way smaller though. No, 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 no. I'm not. See, we're, we're, see, <laughs> no. we don't get to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing. I'm not saying that the numbers are equal. Mm -hmm. I'm addressing all on the table. Right. Mm -hmm. So one may be on a saucer, one may be in a big old bowl, one may be on a platter, Still but it's all on the table. But here's yeah. the same thing. Then how is it that this so-called conscious black man and conscious black woman mm -hmm. who knows self and who understand uh 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 the white supremacy and the white supremacy and racism. How are they still some of the main ones that got the polar bear right by their arms or the Latino? Why is that going on? Like, why do they choose when they know about all the things that you stated? They understand that. They understand the battle within and uh, how the black woman and black man's plight. But they still go around and turn around and get a Latino or get an Asian or get a I think a, a all white those person. things still apply. 
I think that there's a percentage of them who some of it is, is it's Maria live next door. I think as a percentage of it is some of them, as much as they know the, the, the framework of the system are still got a foot in it. So even though they know what it is, they're still OK with it. Uh, I think that there's a percentage of them who, if you're talking about that specific conscious group, probably aren't as specific or conscious as they portray. Yeah. So I think that, that there may there may be an image of that, but that may not be who they actually are. And I think that a lot of them are on a conscious level where it's it's above race. Like they're they know the black struggle. They're black. and They know the black struggle. But it's more of a human rights for them. So they're they're conscious to a level where they're not even really worried about um, the having a black man by their side or having a black woman by their side. They're in the struggle to help the human race. And so their consciousness is above. I got to keep the black family alive. Do you get what I'm saying? I, 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 yeah, I think that I, I understand what you're turning, but I think that's also another like unfortunate cop out because though I understand a lot of my brothers who, you know, date outside their race and some of my sisters that do it, I still am confused on how can you promote power in blackness and be pro-black and then yet your relationship is more watered down because you're not with something that's a part of your culture. And that's not saying people shouldn't date outside their race. Mm -hmm. But I just think when you do it, you should come back home and people will say you can't fight who you love. Well, you can. You can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you can choose who you want because there's plenty, plenty of times since I've been totally dealing with just black sisters that I sat there and I seen some bad. Oh, look at that Latino. Look at that Asian. But I'm in my mind saying, hmm. That's a good moment, but what is a overall mm -hmm. long future? I just don't have nothing that I um, can relate to with someone else outside of my race. Who okay. can I understand and who can develop these things? I'd rather go and tear down with my sister than with someone else. Because it could be an easier situation for me if I wanted to go with another race. It could. I could probably have a lot of things that I probably won't have with dealing with certain sisters because unfortunately there is a lot of baggage but it's a lot of baggage on both sides so we have to be able to understand both ends of why i know why sisters run to to um, other cultures and i know why black men run but it's just a simple fact that how as we have this conversation how do we have the conversation what makes sense and sometimes you got to call it what it is some motherfuckers are just scared I think that there is a percentage of men that are. I think when I when I address stuff and I look at it as, as a diet, like I said, I look at everything that's on the table. And I think that when you start off with a judgment of he's not with her because and go down your checklist of his flaws. If that becomes your narrative, you're probably not going to come to an understanding when you have the conversation. Mm -hmm. So if, if, it, if there's no point where there can be any kind of understanding where somebody is at. I'm just judging you for where you are, but I don't care how you got there. Then you can't really expect too much compassion from the other person when you start telling them about your plight. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's why I try to remove just one reason or one lane while we got where we are, because it wasn't one reason how we got here. I think there are a percentage of folks who, who disconnect from their history and their and and their culture. I think there are a percentage of us who have bought into the the uh, white system structure of what success is on both sides because you're not any better if you're a black woman and you gauge a black man by all white standards of measurement and you belittle and berate him for not achieving those but you continue to date men you're not better than a black man who dates a non-black woman you're doing the same damage yeah. so if you that that whole mentality of i'm going to stand on the platform of i only date black men but i emotionally and and systematically tear them down every time i do there's no higher ground to stand on for that and so i think that when we address all the issues that we have all that stuff needs to be on the table with a degree of understanding i'm not telling you if, if you've been a certain way and you thought that being successful meant getting you a blonde haired girl that that lives up on the mountaintop <laughs> I'm not judging you for that for that belief. I want to talk to you about how you got it. Like, let, let's work through and how you came to that conclusion. Right. You know, and if you're if you're a black woman decided to get you a non black man, I'm not just going to assume it's because all these black men did you dirty. Maybe you did all them dirty. <laughs> Maybe you thought 
you were you were going to be at a certain level dating black men that didn't seem to click for you. And you thought an upper echelon was a man of a different race. I'm putting all that on the table. Like we let's cover the board of all these different things and all these different lanes that got us here, because I think that if we can be honest that all of these scenarios are real, that it's not one guy in one town. What if we have a good there's a good number of all these scenarios that have played themselves out. And if we're willing to believe that, look, sometimes the person who wasn't shit in a relationship was me. Right. Like the sometimes women run off good men. Sometimes men dog out good women. Sometimes you get with somebody of a other race because you thought it was something else. Sometimes you went because the options in your race you had either weren't messing with you. You weren't messing with them or you just weren't compatible. Like we have this mentality of like, well, if you black and I'm black, we supposed to be together. <laughs> You're black and I'm black. We're supposed to be attracted to each other. We're supposed to be interested and engaged in one another. And that sometimes is just not the case. Go ahead. Speak <laughs> your piece. Speak it. Oh, I was just going to say about uh, someone once told me that uh, you should find it very suspect that any person is attracted to um, everything but its own. Because, like, in all honesty, humans are animals. You don't really see a tiger checking out a lion. Like, you don't see a tiger like, ooh, I can't wait to get that gazelle. You don't see that happening. So if you find no beauty in your own i'm going to question you now if you marry outside of your race i'm not going to be like oh he hates himself that is not like i'm more intelligent than that however my life and most of my friends lives have shown me that when a man that is black is not with a white woman it has to do with his negative feelings toward that he's generalized black women for so that's where my perspective comes from because that's all i've hurt from black men's mouths you know how so i'll still say if you find no beauty in your own yeah that's not what i'm saying when i mean when i say if you live somewhere and there's 10 black women where you live mm -hmm. and maybe you dated half of them <laughs> and the other five just wasn't just you y'all just didn't click when you saw each other mm -hmm. i'm not faulting you right. any more than i would fault the woman that you didn't end up well there's there's four black dudes in your neighborhood how come you didn't get with one of them yeah because uh, he was really short. Uh, that dude was uninteresting. Um, he, he don't believe in Jesus or or he was out there, you know, talking to the trees like whatever you could have not ended up together. I'm not going to sit there and make that an indictment on your blackness or your character because you didn't get with who was in your proximity. Um, but <laughs> I just don't. I don't I don't see stuff that way. But what I what I think it is, is like I said, all I'm talking about is if we're trying to honestly move forward mm -hmm. where we get ourselves in a place where we're understanding. Like I said, black people, we are some of the least forgiving people when it comes to each other. Yeah. Now, we're willing to let everything go that everybody else do to us. Right. But when it comes to us, we don't let near nothing go. Hmm. So if we're going to sit there and say that we want to build within a foundation of honesty, love, transparency and togetherness, it can't be starting by pointing the finger at everything that's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Like well, at some point, I have to say I was involved in this process that that I was a, I was a willing participant in this little adventure. And that I have to own up to, if nothing else, out of all the potential people walking the face of the earth, I chose you. I have to have some degree of culpability in how this relationship played itself out. I can't just say it was 100% her any more than she could say it was 100% him. Because even if you picked the worst person on the planet, you still picked him. Mm -hmm, true. So at some point, you there has to be that. So I think if we can be honest about our personal involvement. And about what it is that we really want and then actually have a real conversation of what we think a relationship is supposed to look like. Because we hang out. We don't even date. We hang out. We start sleeping together. Somebody's lease runs out. What's wrong with that? Somebody's lease runs out. And so we just move together because your lease was up before mine. Then somebody's pregnant and now we're just together. Like without actually even having a structured conversation of what we think a relationship, a marriage, and a family should look like. But I think that, you know... We highlight that black folk and relationships do that often, but I really do believe that it's human nature, and I think everybody does that. Mm -hmm. I think it's just more often, because we are a small percentage of America, that we get highlighted and our dysfunction is created a lot more defining behind that. So in the same sense, when we think about, okay, black man, black woman, what would be some of our biggest faults besides we don't know how to forgive ourselves. Like, what do you want from a black man? One thing. One thing. Think about we it. What do you want from a black man? 
I say loyalty. Okay. Off top. Loyalty. Okay. Loyalty. Honesty. Okay. A loyalty. Three things that y'all are always consistently focusing on is that piece of loyalty, right? What a black man wants from a black woman is someone to support. So right there, encouragement. So right there, we're already in in, in a lens of we're on one and two different sides because when you say okay, loyalty, what what does that loyalty look like? What's loyalty look like? I just say staying consistent and no, 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 loyalty. You said loyalty. What does what, lo- is, what does loyalty look like to you? Okay, that was kind of getting there. <laughs> <laughs> just being loyal to one person. I feel like that's big in our culture too. Are we talking about just sleeping with one person? Sleeping with one person, being monogamous. Monogamous. Being with oh. one person and letting that giving your all to that one person. Okay. But 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 as a black man, if I gave some of this to Sydney. Is that literally saying I've given all of what I've given to you to Sydney too? Right. You can be loyal to one woman and loyal to woman number two as well and have them. But being honest, my thing is if I can't trust you to a point where you could just be honest with me and say, look, I'm a type of man that I like to have women, different women. Now, I'm going to love you. You're going to have my loyalty. I, I love you. I got your back. I'm going to support you. I'm going to be here for your needs. But I'm also going to spend time and be and give that to this woman as well. Let mm-hmm. me choose that. Let me choose to be with you under those circumstances. Don't mm-hmm. lie to me and tell me that it's going to be me and you. And then you have all this. Because if I can't trust you on that level, how can I trust you to even build something bigger with you? But see, I'm not even going into the fact of loving both. I'm looking at it from, I love you, but I'm liking the rest. So I think that sometimes we get so captured on what is this loyalty thing that we want to bring? And then if we bring this loyalty, what do us as black men receive in return? So you said loyalty too, right, Queen? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, loyalty to me, to me pretty much means like when if we're working on something together like i expect 100 percent. i don't expect 70 percent when it's not so good and 100 when it's going great so that's what loyalty is for me like i don't really uh, i mean honesty is a great thing too but like your honesty yeah so for me like i said <laughs> loyalty Pretty much means like if I'm in, if we're in it together, we're in it together. We're in it together, and it's not like you gonna no the next what. thing some fine with a little sauce on it look good. You jump and shit because it's hard. So loyalty to me literally means working through it. Now if it's dysfunctional and like mm-hmm. violence and all that nonsense, we can definitely remove ourselves from that situation. However, like you know, relationships have ups and downs, and I feel like. When you have the downs, you can't be thinking about jumping ship. You should be thinking about, well, what is my part? How can we work on this together? And I, and I honestly believe, and I love it, that we, we have this dialogue. But I honestly believe when we talk about loyalty, I feel that a lot of men, when we look at it, we don't think that being unloyal is sleeping with other women. I think that when we get stretched into that fact of, well, you put your dick in that bitch. You're not loyal to me. No, exactly what you said. I stuck my dick in her. But all the stuff that I'm doing with you, she's not getting. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think that's where we we, we kind of draw that misinterpretation of what we feel is loyalty compared to what we see as support. You know what I'm saying? And I think that a lot of other times we run to other races because we see more support coming from that other race. Black women and black men have the worst and I think it goes back to when we were at school age, when we were always clapping on each other and clowning each other because of the insecurities that we had. So I'm going to clown the shit out of you because I'm insecure about my nose. So mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about your butt and, and your freckles. And I'm going to talk about your, uh, 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 you know, your nose. And I'm going to talk about your ass. You know, we were always insecure. So it was a mechanism of I don't want to get done. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got get at each other like that. But it's now come to a point that that mechanism has created something that now we're as adults. We always tend to look at each other like, yeah, he's not six five. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, she doesn't have a big butt. Well, she got a flat ass. She, and that right there by itself is when I say goes back to the white guy looked at Serena as Serena, mm-hmm. not Serena with the big butt, 
Nasserine is a tennis player. And I think that a lot of the times the other coaches just appreciate the 5'6 Negro for being 5'6. That's it. I don't want you to be 6'5. I'm okay with you as 5'6. We have to get into a, a place where we love each other for who we are mm-hmm. and how different we are and not trying to put each other on a scale as it's like, oh, this fantasy guy. Like, I want a light-skinned, green eye. Like, listen, cutie. Michael Ely. I, yeah. I'll, Michael Ely, <laughs> I'll be sure them days is over with, right? You know what I'm saying? Love each other for who and what we are. And I think that in grace, communicating and creating this conversation more often and less will help the black man and black woman come together and not be harmony, but also be gracious in glory. These are the type of things we need to address. And though all these things don't get solved in one conversation and one dialogue, it is important that we actually have them and be willing to be honest and transparent when we do. And sometimes that means we might get our feelings hurt or sometimes you might hurt somebody else's. Mm -hmm. But those are the types of things that are going to happen if we're going to work through. There has to be a degree of forgiveness. There has to be an openness to not only uh, be willing to get hurt. But uh, to be real and to be genuine and actually put on the table the things that we want out of this life and, and to not be scared to say it, to not just say what sounds good or just mm-hmm. to portray a certain act or just to be a certain way. But it's important about being genuine, being open, being honest and having these dialogues and these conversations so we can grow closer together. So these are things that myself and Barry feel like we always need to say something about. Yes, sir. This is a Say Something podcast. We have guests in the building. So folks can keep up with you. Where can folks find you online or any other presence? Uh, Facebook, Kayla Marie. Same with me. Facebook, Destiny Hayes. Facebook, P. Mia Bailey. <laughs> and Barry Axius. You know, B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S. And Twitter, the same thing. Instagram at Team Void. Jermaine. And Black Blue Prince, what is he? Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J Morris CEO. I'm Jermaine with Barry Axius. Shouts out to Chicago. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. <laughs> this has been the Say Something Podcast. Thank you, ladies. Let's give them a big round of applause. Yeah. They survived. And in the next show, we will holla at you later. Here's your.